Welcome back to the Dental Bright Bites podcast, where we give you a bright bite into your dental business in 10 minutes or less. I'm your host, Sarah Kidd, and I am so excited to have Melanie Clark with me here today. She is a local consultant in the Los Angeles area, but she works with customers all over the country. Don't we live in such a cool time where you can work with people who are totally on the other side of the continent? Pretty cool. I digress. So we're here to talk today about how to drop your PPO and having the right attitude to go about it. Melanie is awesome at this, and I'm really excited for you to hear what she has to say. So without further ado, let's get started. Hi, Melanie. Welcome to the podcast. So let's jump in. Hello. Um, (laughs) Let's just jump right in and talk about you. You've had a lot of success a lot of success with a lot of my customers, helping them drop their PPO. So let's dive into that and kind of hear your tips on why you've made them so successful. Absolutely. So um, let's see, what are my tips? First of all, um, I really work a lot with energy. So I help my clients to really own it. And whenever you're going to make a change in your business, you have to really own the changes. And Um, Your energy comes through when you're communicating to patients the changes that you're making. So I work with dentists and their teams on language, um, how to present the information. Um, We let patients know that the contract between insurance is between them and their employer, not actually the office. Um, And that we want to provide them with the best care possible. And we don't want to be limited by the parameters of insurance. Um, I also have them explain to patients that they're paying a monthly fee to their employer to have this insurance. And it's limiting their care. They're going to get, you know, a $2,000, maybe $2,500 maximum. And they're paying about $1,200, $2,500 for that. And they can't utilize all of that insurance that they are responsible Mm -hmm and that we want to provide the care, and then they have their insurance reimburse them. But the biggest thing, the biggest um, challenge that I see is when staff gets uncomfortable and they get afraid to tell patients this, they're afraid of pushback, you know? And doctors are afraid of it too. Oh, I'm going to lose patients. It's okay. What I found is the patients that they lose are the ones that are giving them a hard time for a $40 copay anyways. They're people who do not value dentistry um, yeah. and do not value their care. So those are kind of the tips that I start with. We got to change your energy and you got to own it before you talk to these patients about it. So do you recommend like diving in and going all at once or what is your strategy for that? No, because, you know, people have to learn to manage their fears. And sometimes when you do it all at once, it's just too overwhelming and the changes are too overwhelming. So I I really recommend that doctors start with the worst plan, the one that's paying them the least. And Mm -hmm. they get out of network with that one. They explain to the patients, they get comfortable with the language. And then the more comfortable they get and realize that they're going to be okay and their practice is not going to take a nosedive, then they take on the next one. And the next one. And what I've seen happen, so funny to me, is they'll do one or two. And then they're like, yeah, I want to get rid of all of them now. This works. It's okay. (laughs) The world is not ending. (laughs) So um, I have them start slowly so we can manage the fear. Gotcha. So do they have like a talk track that's different for the assistants, that's different for the doctor, different from the front desk? Or is everyone on the same page with, we're going to say like the same, almost like maybe rehearsed? 
You know, um, there's a there's a basic script that I teach them, but but I'm a big believer in people being authentic. And first of all, I don't want the doctors talking about finances to patients ever. This should always be referred back to the office manager or treatment coordinator. Um, but I do like to do meetings so that everyone knows the language and what's going to be said. So if they get asked questions, they can pass that baton back to the front desk and say, you know, she'll explain it to you in more of detail. But we just want to provide the best care for you. And you should talk to our office manager about it. She has more information. And I just have them keep passing it back to the main person. Mm -hmm. um, that way, everybody's on the same page. There's, there's a financial person in the office for a reason. And that's her role. And she's great at it. And she's dealt with it all day long. So we should continue to pass it back to her or him. Got it. Now, when that day comes where they maybe drop their first insurance, is there a phone call that goes out to those patients or how do they approach or I guess approach um, mm -hmm. telling those patients? You know, um, there's a couple of ways to do it. And again, I work very individually with my clients and I again want to work with their energy and their fears and what they're comfortable with so I've had clients send out a mass email ahead of time letting patients know um, I've had them tell patients as they confirm before they come in for their next appointment so basically they would say this time we'll honor your insurance but at your next appointment we'll no longer be in network with your provider and you'll be expected um, to take care of the fees for your appointment at that time and then we'll give you uh, we'll bill insurance as a courtesy for you and the check will go to you directly. So there's a couple of ways that they could do it. Um, it just depends on what the office is comfortable with. I, I had a client that was like, I don't want the emails to go out because I feel like we're going to lose everybody all at one time. So I want to tell them individually. So we did it that way. So it just depends on what the doctor and the staff are comfortable with. And sometimes I come up with a, you know, a strategy that is a little bit of both. Maybe the patients they're not happy with, they'll send that letter to. And the ones they mm. love, they want to talk to in person and sit down and look them in the eye and let them know what's going on. So it just depends on what they're comfortable with. Sure. So if you were doing it when you're confirming patients and you're saying we're going to honor it this time, but not next time, yes. uh, like you just said, is that kind of like they have a six month plan of we're going to have that conversation for the next six months with our patients and then uh, we'll drop it at that point. Absolutely. So gotcha. um, they a lot of times they want to give the patients enough time to be prepared for it. And, you know, something that's that's really important to do as well is to have options for patients. So, you know, having care credit available, letting them know that we're going to work with you. We have options for financing so that people don't feel like, oh, I'm just out in the cold and I'm not going to have a way to um take care of my dentistry. It's like, we're going to help you with it. We're going to give you some options for financing mm -hmm. if you need that. Now, have you found that one way of, of communicating with patients works better than the other? Because I would assume that calling them and having the conversation would probably be more successful because it's more personal. You know, I, I think it's more successful that way. I like it that way because it is really working with people and working within the relationship. And mm -hmm. for me, relationship is everything in business. You know, you can, if you have a relationship with someone and you tell them that you're making a change and you explain why, they will accept it better because they know you and they have a good relationship with you. Sometimes a mass email 
or a letter can seem cold, like you don't care about me. But saying it one-on-one and having a conversation and taking that time lets them know, I care about you. And it's really important in dentistry that our patients know we actually care about them. If I could teach dentists anything, it's like turn up the volume on caring and letting them know you care about them. Because if they know you care about them, then they're going to care about you and they're going to want your business to be successful. And they're going to understand that you need to do your best work and that insurance limits you. Absolutely. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What, in your experience, do you, have you seen that the offices have taken a real dive once they've dropped insurance and there was a period where they needed to rebuild or, or how has that been for your clients? You know what, I, what I've seen? I've seen a couple of things. Um, initially, a f- lot of people can go. Like I would say 20% will say, well, let me go find someone who's in my network because I just want to utilize my insurance benefits. But what I find is if you have that relationship and they have a wonderful experience in your office, they will come back because they are more comfortable with you and they're more comfortable with the experience that they're used to than going Mm -hmm. somewhere new. That's all about insurance. And their eyes are opened, right? Like they see like, wow, this is not just about my insurance paying for my dentistry. It is about the relationship that I have with these people that I love and that I know care about me and they're taking good care of me. And there's value in that. And it's worth me paying out of pocket and being reimbursed by my insurance before my credit card statement even hits the mail. Like, seriously, Mm -hmm. what other industry can you purchase a product or service and have a third party pay for it? Like, it's yeah. not it's not normal. So I think they don't recognize that until they go somewhere else. And it's all about the insurance. Then they realize, like, I yeah. want that relationship. Well, I think moral of the story is if you're good at what you do and you have a great office that's caring and mm-hmm. you're in it for the right reasons, you never need to worry about these things because people will see the difference when yes. they go to the office down the street that doesn't have the technology that you have or the yep. care and consideration for their patients. So. Well- you're, you're absolutely right. And that's where my coaching comes in with the doctors. And when I'm saying they need to own it, it's like, you have to know I'm great at what I do. And this is my business. This is my practice. And I want to be able to do it the way that I want to do it so that I can deliver my best to my patient. And if you own that, that will come through and, and your staff has to own that. And if your staff doesn't own it, then you need to do some coaching with them until they do, because they're bringing their own issues with money and their own fears about money into it and projecting that onto the patients. And yeah. sometimes people need help getting out of their own head when it comes to presenting treatment. And so they have more success yeah. and more case acceptance. Great. And one last point that I want to touch on before we hop off here. Okay. Um, for my younger doctors that are listening, that they might be starting a practice or, or wanting to, mm-hmm. uh, what are your views on should they start with PPO to build the practice? Or if they want to be a fee for service practice, should they just start that way? Um, do you have a, a preference or mm-hmm. idea on that? You know, I think that they should start with, you know, one or two plans that uh, pay well um, Mm -hmm. and then really monitor themselves. I'm always going to go back to this. How do they feel about it? Because that's going to come through to the patients. So if they like I've worked with doctors that are just gung ho, right? Like I'm amazing. I know I'm great. My office is great. I'm going for it. If they have that energy. 
people pick up on that and they're like, hey, this place is great. I, I want to be here. It's okay. They don't accept my yeah. insurance, right? But if yeah. they feel a little skittish or they feel like, oh, I'm afraid or they're worried about their student loans and, you know, the rent and they're a little freaked out about money, then maybe they want to create that little buffer for themselves to get started. And then as they grow and they get more comfortable, then bring a step uh, put a strategy in place to start to back out slowly. So again, it just depends on, I've just got to say it, the confidence of the doctor and yeah. the confidence of the team. It's always going to boil down to that. If they have the confidence, I say, go for it. If they don't have the confidence to do it, then, you know, kind of take baby steps and get there when you're ready. Sure. That's awesome. Thank you so much for your advice. You are more than welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate you. Thank you. I want to extend a huge thank you to Melanie Clark for coming on the show today. She brings so much energy and really great information to the show, and we really appreciate you. If you're looking for Melanie, you can find her at ClarkDentalConsulting.com, spelled C-L-A-R-K. And otherwise, stay tuned for the next episode as we have some really great stuff coming your way. Cheers! Cheers!